Welcome to Speak with Ibuku. This is a podcast where my guests can share their stories and delve into how they came through their journey in life, who and what they encountered along the way and where they are now. I will be starting off with a series called Decades, where my guests will talk through every decade they have lived and the one they're living in now. Welcome back to Speak with Ibukun. We're going through the decades. I am still with Baba, who has shared with us his first decade and is going to share with us his second decade. So welcome back, Baba. Thank you. At the end of our last um, discussion, you shared you had moved to Ibadan with your uncle. Yes. Could you pick up your story from there? Yeah, uh, when we got to Ibadan, uh, I re-entered the same primary school, St. Paul's Imetu. And uh, things got really busy because we were prepared for the uh, secondary school entrance exams. Mm. And that was serious business because uh, the level of learning was a little bit higher mm. and the amount of time dedicated to uh, that period of learning was uh, much longer. Mm. That is, it's not reg- the regular school hours. Okay. You have to stay after school and do a lot of work at home, a lot of homework at home. Mm. So, but, uh, luckily, I have very dedicated teachers. Uh, one, uh, my main class teacher was called Mr. Ocho, and uh, he's really knowledgeable, and he knows how to encourage and uh, prepare students into proper learning. Okay. So, uh, that was uh, my experience. Um, nothing much happened during that year, except that I had a distant cousin. Mm. Who wasn't going to school at that time, and for some reasons he didn't like me at all. Oh dear! So I suffered uh, a little form of persecution, but thank God for my upbringing, I was able to easily overcome that type of persecution. You call it persecution? Is that yeah. what we'll call modern-day bullying? I think it's much more related to bullying than persecution. Okay. So. Uh, like deny me uh, my rightful portion of food. Mm. And then uh, in those days, there was no refrigeration system. So you would rather make me to eat the leftovers of yesterday rather than giving me the fresh food mm. that, uh, that was prepared. Mm. So I couldn't report him to the uncle, to my uncle. Mm. Because I know if I reported him, my uncle would support him. Oh, why, why would he have done, or why did you think he would have done that? Because uh, both of them are much older than me, and I'm like a child. Oh, so uh, how old was this cousin then? Uh, this cousin must be at least 10 years older than me at that time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... The, the thing is that I had a very rough time mm. in that my 11th year of life, mm. but I was able to uh, survive it. Mm. Yeah. Because I still had my parental support somehow. Uh, every, almost every 
entrance exam I went for. My father took me there, accompanied me there. Okay, this is entrance yeah. exam for, for secondary school. For secondary school. Yeah, for okay. Secondary school. Yeah, so and uh, you know, he would stay with me until we finish and take me back to uh, where I was staying. Mm. So, you know, I still enjoyed that parental support. Mm. And uh, you know, I was able to uh, gain entrance. I think I, I must have done about seven exams and I was able to pass seven of, uh, six of them. So only one, maybe I missed some, uh, some points in the marking. Mm. And that was the government secondary school, which was the epitome of uh, secondary school education at that time. Mm. So, but I gained entrance into, into very good schools. And uh, it was my father who selected where I went where you to, went to. Uh, and that's <laughs> Mulusi College. Okay, and where where um, is Mulusi? Is it still around? And where yeah, is Mulusi okay. College is still uh, thriving. Mm. It's one of the premier uh, secondary schools mm. uh, in, in the now uh, Ogun State. Okay. Yeah, it's in Ogun State. It's situated in, in the Jebu Okay, this is still Nigeria. Yeah, this okay. is still Nigeria. And uh, at that time, it was uh, what we we called, uh, you know, a boys' school. Mm -hmm. That is, it wasn't mixed until later in my education there that uh, we got some uh, ladies, not in the secondary school portion, okay. but uh, in the advanced level section. Okay. Uh, that, that one was called HSC, Higher School Certificate. Okay. But in the uh, lower school certificate, which is a West African school certificate, mm -hmm. that's a proper secondary school classes one to five. Okay. So you can consider HSC as class six and class seven. Okay. So that's the higher school, higher school certificate classes. classes. Those spent two years there. Okay. So uh, that was the one that was mixed. I not, see, not, not the, the secondary, secondary school. school. Yeah. So you effectively went to an all-boys yeah, secondary yeah, school. Yeah, effectively, okay. an all-boys secondary so school. So how was the transition from your uncle's house into um, Mulusi College? And this was a boarding school you yeah. shared earlier on. Okay, so how was that transition? I would say it was exciting. <laughs> because uh, uh, that's, that's one of the periods that I realized the adventure in me. Mm. That, oh, I'm ready to go to new places, yes. and explore, and enjoy the place. Yes. So, yeah, so I had many friends in the secondary school. Okay. And, uh, you know, at the, at the onset, I wasn't so serious about my education in the secondary school. Mm. Because I know that I will pass the exam. I had the confidence that I can pass any exam. Yes. What I study, that I will pass the exam. But I wasn't overly concerned about passing the exams because I just had the confidence that I will pass the exam. Where did that confidence come from? Uh, it comes, I would say, mainly from the preparation that okay. I had in my first decade. Mm. Because uh, we were taught how to, uh, to self-study mm. and uh, master whatever we were taught. Mm -hmm and be accountable. Uh, and uh, one of the things that teachers looked for, both in primary and secondary school, was good and writing. Okay. And uh, God gave me a gift of good and writing and uh, art. You, yeah. you, you were 
you you drew what yeah. what did you draw um i can draw any image whether a still image or live image uh i can uh, you know i can do not really architectural drawing but i can draw different shapes of houses mm. Uh, you know, faces, that's the easiest for me. You know, I could do a lot of things yeah, on paper. Uh, we didn't have the tools to mold and do some stuff like, uh, the, uh, you know, the modern day uh, primary school students mm. do. But uh, I was taught in the art of weaving baskets, making brooms, and uh, some other little, little things. So quite artistic. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and uh, you know, I was able to do all these things. I la- I learned in my second decade. I learned how to type by myself on uh, my father's old typewriter, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to type his letters. Wow! And uh, the minutes of the meetings that he went to. So I was very uh, useful as a handy man to my father, mm. uh, ironing his clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all sort of things I could wash and my own clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it really approved of whatever of what I, you did. Yeah, what, what I did. Okay. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Follow us on Instagram at Speak Podcast, and you will find each episode guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview. Okay, so your second decade, uh, it's normally your formative years. It, it's, sure. it's, it goes through your teenage years. Yes. How were you as a teenager? I think uh, for the average teenager, I was okay. Okay. Only that I picked one or two bad habits from my senior brother. Oh. Because I had this uh, boy-to-boy influence on me mm. more at that time. Okay. Because uh, he was uh, much more sophisticated than me, particularly based on the secondary school that he went to. Okay, you didn't go to the same no, secondary school. To, I wanted to go to his own secondary school so that we could be together. I actually stayed with him in his dormitory uh, so that I get used to what is happening there. So whatever rascality I learned there, yes, uh, it was from him. Okay. And one of the bad habits I picked up was smoking as a teenager, oh. which uh, we dare not let our parents know. How old were you at that point? Uh, maybe at age 14 or 15. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's when I picked up that habit mm. of uh, smoking. But I had no money to buy any cigarettes. So it's him who funds the habit. Yeah. 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 And he, he was funding it from his own pocket money, and then he would share with me. So when I was getting my own pocket money too, I was able to, you know, we call it pocket money because uh, at that time when you go to boarding house, yes. you got to have some money in hand in case you need some stuff. Mm. So I sequestered some money to buy cigarettes, and that was a very bad habit. I mm. didn't know it then. Because there was no education, health education, so to say. Mm. Uh, and I will, I will tell you more, because in my uh, third decade, mm. I had a change of heart. You know, everything turned around 180 degrees. Mm. And I was, uh, you know, I'm happy that I had, uh, I had a better, you know, a better face. Mm. 
uh, in my life that has led me up to date. Okay. So we'll talk, so we'll talk more about that later on. Yeah. Okay, so you picked up a bad habit from your brother um, in terms of smoking. Um, how did, would you describe your relationship with your brother? How different was it in your second decade compared to your first? Yeah, in the second decade, we were party men. That is a very close pass. Mm. And uh, he leads the way. If he finds me doing something that he considers a bad habit, he is the one who cautions me. Okay. And I listen to him. He was like a, a, a big, uh, he was a big brother, mm. a guardian, a guardian brother. Mm. He wouldn't allow me to be bullied or beat up mm. by anybody. So he was uh, good in that respect. Mm. And uh, he used to teach me some things, you know, uh, I mean, uh, in my, uh, in, in the subject matters, because he's three year, he was three years older than me. Okay. So, you know, when I was in class one secondary, he was almost uh, graduating from the secondary school, he was in class four. Mm. And uh, by that time, they've learned so many things. So whatever I didn't know, and he knows that I don't know it, he will quickly teach me. So I'm ahead of my class most, most of the time. Because of your brother's influence. Because of my brother's uh, influence. Mm. So that was positive. Okay. So, and then uh, they, I mentioned that he taught me uh, that I picked up uh, a couple of others. The second one that I remember very well was going to parties and uh, going for a film show. Okay. Beyond the limited time that our parents would rather give us. Okay, so curfew was not yeah, respected. So we didn't respect curfew. Okay. And whenever we are caught red-handed, because uh, it, uh, my uh, elder brother devised a way of slipping into the house, yeah, I don't know how you will have planned that with the going out, but whenever we are caught red-handed, and my father wants to discipline us, my big sister, our big sister, will say, Papa, you just go to bed. Just leave these two rascals to me. And it's my senior sister, who was nine years older than me, that would discipline us. Wow. So, whatever she says, kneel down, raise up your hands, we have to obey her. So, she was the enforcer uh, at that time, uh, sparing my father the agony of, uh, you know, caning us and beating us and regretting it later. Did he so, regret whenever he had to discipline you? Yeah, somehow, because, uh, you know, he, he grew up from a very harsh background mm. because he lost his own father when he was only seven years old. Oh. So he was uh, more or less protective of his own children. Mm. And uh, maybe that's the reason he had many of us. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Whenever he kills us, after we've uh, stopped crying, I will now call us to study and educate us on why he had to do it. Mm. Now, don't let me do that to you again. Yes, mm. sir. But um, as children, we fall into the trap of committing another <laughs> offense and then we get into the discipline mode and then get out of here and get to go back again. So your relationship with your father, did it change in your second decade from your first? Um, I wouldn't say it changed. It was uh, an ongoing thing. Mm. Because uh, 
the the compliments he gave me uh, while I was uh, getting into the second decade encouraged me to behave even much better and mm. much more responsibly. Okay. So, like, uh, it was said, I watched you writing the exams and you were very calm mm. and I'm sure you will get a good result. Mm. And so when I get the result, I'm proud to show it to him that, yes, I got good result, Papa. And I is happy about it. Though I don't get any uh, physical or monetary reward for that. But uh, because he is happy, I'm happy too. Because he was proud of you. Yeah, because he's proud of me. And, uh, you know. So, um, mm. you know, uh, the, it just kept me up. Yeah. Uh, to behave very well, to be responsible, mm -hmm. and to be accountable. So that's what I can say about it. Yeah. So you've mentioned your elder sister and your elder brother. You had six other siblings. Yeah. Were they or um, were they born in your second decade? Um, let me see. The Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Apart from my elder sister, mm. I had only one. The gap between me and the others was about three years each time. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about 15 years after I was born. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that was in my second decade. Yeah. All of them. I think uh, the last one, my kid brother, uh, was born when I became 18 years of age. So, yeah, that's still in my second decade, really. So, yeah. And how's your relationship with, with the other siblings? Uh, the other siblings, I didn't have much uh, a relationship with them mm. because uh, as they were growing up, I left the house. Okay. I left the family house to go and stay with my uncle. After staying with uncle, I went to boarding school. So I missed interacting with them. Mm. Uh, mainly. I, only on holidays when we have vacation, that's when I interact with them. And I, it wasn't so much of an interaction. It was a, a functional interaction whereby we just do what we needed to do, eat together, pray together, and then once I leave home after the vacation, that was so it. That was it. Yeah. Okay, so you, you didn't know them no. that well. Okay. Okay, so in, in that um, decade, because once again, it's the formative years, was, was there anything exciting that you remember that happened to you? Or transformative, even? Mm. Uh, yeah, the... the... The main transformation because uh, I, when I left secondary school, I was uh, 18 years old. So that propelled me into the, uh, shall we say, the third decade, uh, almost, almost the third, third decade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I became a teacher, a secondary school teacher. At 18? At 18. Okay. No, 18 plus, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's say, yeah, 18 plus, I became mm. a secondary school teacher. Because I'd done my advanced level education at that time. Okay. And uh, if you have the higher school certificate, you're entitled to teach in the secondary school. 
Oh, so no special training, no, like no a teacher's? Training. Particularly, okay. you passed all your papers, which by God's grace I did. So was this in the 1960s? or Yeah. yeah. I, I finished the secondary school education in 1967. Okay. I was only 16 years of age at that time. Mm. and finished the higher school at, uh, in 1969 yes. when I became 18. Mm. So I was now qualified to go into the university mm -hmm. to start university education, but there was a delay okay. because one spe spectacular thing happened. There was civil war in Nigeria at that time uh, between Nigeria and the secessionist regime okay. uh, that called themselves Biafra, mm. and because of that, there was a lot of a lot of hardship. Mm. in the country, mm. in every sense, because it was a war situation. Mm. So by the time I finished my high school, I wanted to enter into the university. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of difficulty in entering for the course that I desired, because the people, uh, there, there was a, the war ended suddenly, and there was a peace agreement whereby they allowed all the, uh, all the Biafrans in courts to return back to their old jobs and old schools. Okay. And because of that, uh, reflux, not influx, reflux back to where they were a couple of years uh, after the war started and uh, by the time it ended, that affected new entrants like us in getting into, university. into the university for a desired course. How did that make you feel? I felt cheated. Mm. Because uh, I didn't want anything to impede my progress. Mm. Because uh, I had a dream to complete my university education at a very early age, qualify as a doctor, and then go on to a specialization like surgery, which was uh, my forte. So you wanted to be a medical doctor? Oh, yes. Oh. Not just a medical doctor, I wanted to be a, a surgeon. surgeon. Mm. Which area of surgery, I wouldn't know because I didn't know the branches of surgery at that time. Mm. But I wanted to be a surgeon mm. because in my higher school, whenever we were doing dissection, uh, our instructor, the teacher mm. uh, for the zoology for class, used to come and look at what I'm doing to guide the others. And when we finish all the dissection in practically every class, the members of the class will come and look at what I've done because invariably I wouldn't cut any veins or nerves. I would just dissect meat. So it was a natural talent. A steady hand. Yeah, steady hand. Uh, thank God, even at this age and stage where I'm in my seventh decade, mm. my hands are still steady and I can still uh, trim things and do a lot of stuff. Mm. But uh, I will tell you uh, later about uh, why that plan changed. Changed. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of each decade, we ask the same question. Looking back now, is there anything that you view differently that, to, what, to what it was in your reality back then? Okay. Um, what I view differently... You know, I will tell you for a time, i just tell you a few of them. Okay. Number one was the fact that at age 21, when I entered into the university, I became a born-again Christian. That was very, very spectacular. Mm. 
very, very, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to describe it. It was, you know, a cardinal point in my life mm. when everything changed. And that, that was when God granted me the grace to stop smoking, mm. to stop going to parties, you know, worldly parties, and doing, uh, you know, any stuff that wouldn't make me uh, to be spiritually okay. Mm. So that was very, very solid point in my life. Mm. And that happened in January uh, 1972. Wow. January 1972. So another spectacular thing that happened was uh, my first few experiences as a born-again Christian. Mm. Or now I could pray to God uh, when I have an exam or any other big event in my life mm -hmm. for God's guidance and I see God at work. Mm. So that solidified my faith. Your faith. Yeah. Okay. My first exam in the university because uh, we, we, we were not running course system at that time. You do what you call almighty job. All your exams are slated for one week for the whole session. You do all your exams at once. You can be doing tests, uh, you know, intermittently, but all your exams have qualified you to move to the next stage. Mm. You've done all in one week, you know, maybe two weeks at most if they spread it. So, my first exam, like I said, in the university was very spectacular. I left them and I asked God to guide me about what I should read. And uh, the instruction that I was given was to bring out my big file, pull out some notes there, and study that as my revision. And it was like, uh, as if the questions were spread before me. Wow. So just reading and answering. Reading and, and answering. answering. Yeah. It was spectacular. I've never experienced that in my life. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, well, thank you, Baba, for, for sharing. And um, we look forward to hearing about the third decade. Thank you, listeners, and hope to, well, I hope you join us for the third decade of Baba's Decade Stories. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at thespeakpodcast.com. Or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next episode.